0: Welcome to Dents in the Darkness, the monthly podcast of the Northeast Collaborative. We're a new church network that empowers pastors to lead and launch healthy churches in Northeast America. I'm your host, Tim Madeira from WRGN, and I'm here with NEC's Executive Director, Dan Nichols. This month, we have two church planters with us, Kevin Green and Joey Wright. Dan, tell us a little bit about why you wanted to have Kevin and Joey on the podcast.
1: Yeah, Kevin and Joey are great friends. They are super passionate about living and sharing the gospel with people who don't know Jesus yet, and honestly, they are the real deal, Tim. They are the real deal. So I met Kevin years ago when I was evaluating a church planning class. Kevin was considering... Whether he was gonna launch out as a church planner. And I met Joey through some mutual connections and discovered that God was leading him and his wife Kara to plant a church in the Northeast as well. Both of these guys are walking a very similar road to the one that I walked down in my own church planning journey. And I'm just so pumped to see them obeying God and taking courageous step of faith to plant new churches right here in the most unreached, unchurched, post-Christian corner of the nation.
0: Mm, That is great. Well, let's start with you, Kevin. Can you introduce yourself, kind of give a three-minute overview of your personal story and your family, and then we'll go to Joey.
2: All right. Well, hey, I got to start with my family and my beautiful, wonderful wife. Uh, We couldn't do this. I couldn't do this without her, so she's amazing. Her name is Alicia She's a physical therapist and is a really, really good physical therapist, and that's not just me saying that. (laughs) Um, We've got two little girls, a a two-and-a-half-year-old named Kinsley and an 11-month-old named Zayla, and they are a ton of fun to have around the house and be involved in all the stuff that we're doing. And so um, that's my family, but uh, I was born in Canada, in the great country of Canada, and uh, my family moved from Canada when I was five years old, and we grew up in Wilmington, Delaware. And so I was uh, involved in sports a lot growing up, and in, in high school that was a big deal for me, football, basketball, baseball, all that good stuff. Um, but the the key kind of moment in my life that God used to set me on this path of, of full-time ministry and becoming a pastor and all that stuff was in my junior year of high school, I dated a girl who was a Mormon. And uh, it just challenged me, like, what did I believe, and did I really Mm -hmm. believe what I believed? And uh, I just dug into the Word and got more connected with my church and youth group, just trying to learn as much as I possibly could. And uh, through that, God just gave me a heart for people that uh, maybe were familiar with church or Jesus or the Bible. And in many ways, like this girl, she was a better quote-unquote Christian than I was. And like, what do I do with that? And so I needed to just felt like I needed to share the truth, the life-changing truth of the gospel with people like her and her family and people involved in her church and all that stuff. So I mm-hmm. uh, went on a, a missions trip to Utah. actually was been out there three times and uh, when I came back from my first trip, it was like I just knew God was calling me into full-time ministry and to go to seminary. And so over the time, God uh, hasn't led me out there to in Utah for, for full-time ministry just yet but he's, he's taught me that I don't have to go anywhere to do what God's calling me to do. In fact, I should probably do it right where I am. Hmm. And so right where I was, was Lebanon Valley College. That's where I went to college. Um, and then there was a church, North Anvil Bible Church, that I was attending at the time. So uh, when it was time for me to graduate from Lebanon Valley and go to seminary, I did seminary at Baptist Bible Seminary. And North Anvil said, hey, stay here and do your classes online, and I was their first ever associate pastor, so I got to do a bunch of stuff in this church, and it was awesome. And then, as Dan said, uh, I took a church planting class, and uh, everything in my life kind of all clicked and made sense, which was, it's hard to describe that moment, but it was really an incredible moment. Yeah. And, uh, then it was a journey of trying to figure out how in the world this was going to happen. <laughs> uh, what, 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 what was it going to be? Where was it going to be? And so then God uh, led us to do a church planning residency in Lancaster, which is only about 45 minutes south of where I was. And then from there in January of this 2020, uh, we launched out to start our church plant connect us church.
0: Mm. Now, Joey, I saw you kind of light up when he said he took a church planting class and knew that that was where God wanted him. Uh, Was your story similar to that? Oh, it was. Actually,
3: I was in seminary, and Ken Davis, who is from the same college, he was teaching a one-off class in our seminary on church planting. I had never been exposed to it before. Um, I had a passion for evangelism and wanted to be uh, reaching lost people. And he said, church planning is the number one way to reach lost people. And after yeah. that point, I was sold.
0: Mm. And so what about your family then?
3: Again, my name's Joey, and I've been married to my wife, Kara, uh, for almost nine years, coming up in February. And we have two young girls, uh, just like Kevin, Eleora who's five, and Iris, who's three. Uh, life is amazing uh, when your house is full of girls, and I would not have said that before I got married. <laughs> um, I have nice three girls, my-
0: Joey. I know what you mean.
3: <laughs> yeah, I was told growing up that I was only going to have girls. Just be- and I have no idea why, but everyone was right. My story is that I grew up in a house full of boys. Mm. My mom was the only girl in the house. I'm the oldest of three boys, uh, but both of my parents are followers of Christ. Both my brothers follow Christ, and um, I trusted Christ at an early age, at the age of five. And ever since, I I don't remember a day where my parents uh, weren't teaching us the love of Christ and uh, teaching us how to love Him Mm. and love His church. And really, ever since a young age, God has given me a great passion for evangelism. My family spent most of our time, actually, uh, growing up in the Midwest Uh, We were plugged into a church. I went to a Christian school, and then I went to Purdue University for college, and that's when I started to spend a lot of time with lost people and started seeing a lot more brokenness, which grew that passion. And at that time, uh, the a couple of pastors at our church took me under their wings, started discipling me, and started confirming a, a call to ministry at that point. So I ended up staying at the church, going to seminary, that's that's when uh, Ken Davis comes into the picture, took a class, and it was just one day. And he said, "Church planning is the number one way to reach lost people." I went home, told my wife, and uh, really, the rest is history. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, as you uh, are now in the midst of a church plant in New Jersey, why?
3: Hey, why New Jersey? So. I could tell you a really long story, um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try to hit it with three kind of highlight experiences and conversation I had with God. The first one is was actually the Ken Davis class uh, when he shared about the value of church planting. I remember God just tugging on my heart, and that's when we started heading down this path in seminary. The second highlight was also in seminary. I was doing an internship. And part of my job as an intern was to run a community center that our church owned, and we would host church services on Sunday morning. And then in that same room, it was a gym. We would have open gym throughout the week, and the guys who were in the gym playing basketball never came to church on Sunday morning. And so one night, I remember just finally clicking in my head: Why are we not reaching these people? What what's the disconnect? Um, the people who were there playing ball. There were different ethnicities, different cultural backgrounds, different skin color. And I remember saying, okay, God, if you want me to start something that reaches all of this, that, that seeks to reach lost people from all backgrounds, I'm happy to do that. And that was just one more step. And then the reason why we're in New Jersey is because later on in that journey, uh, my wife and I started praying, where, where should we plant? Where should we go to do ministry? We didn't know when. And um, we applied for jobs all over the country, got shut doors. And one door that he left open was right outside of New York City in New- Northeast New Jersey. And we started researching the areas and we're like, this, this looks like the exact kind of people we want to, we want to be with. We kept going through the interview process and it was for a worship pastor job. And uh, right before they were going to vote on us, the lead pastor says, yeah, I don't think you're the worship pastor, but what do you think about coming and doing residency here and planting a church? And Karen and I were like, all right, this is God calling us to New Jersey, and we've walked one step at a time, and now we're here.
0: So it's kind of a (laughs) bloom where you're planted situation, huh? Yeah. That's great. That's great. Now, how about you, Kevin? You're in Lancaster, right? That's correct. Yep. And this has
2: kind of been home. I'm ever since we moved from Wilmington, Delaware. We've been in the central Pennsylvania area. Uh, my wife, Alicia, is from Pittsburgh. So we kind of met in the middle. We've just kind of settled here. That's the, the short answer of why, right here. But a- as we come to learn and get situated into this area and learn about the people, learn about the culture. One of the most interesting things that we've found, especially with where we are now in the specific Lancaster area, is there might be a little bit more of a Protestant-Christian influence in this particular area, and it plays itself out in some interesting ways, but one of them is, like, there's a lot of family connections, uh, family connections with churches in the area. And, like, if you're not from the area, which, I mean, there's, like, 600,000 people in our, in our county. So, like, there's a lot of people that aren't from here. Um, but if you aren't from here and you try and get connected into these family connections, and oftentimes they are sometimes involved with church, it's, it's just very difficult. And mm. so, um, like a practical example is like, Hey, you want to hang out with somebody you met on a Friday night and you call them up and say, Hey, what are you doing? Uh, sometimes, and I've gotten this answer before it's, Hey, we're hanging out with our aunts and uncles tonight. And it's, it's that way, you know, all the time. So, <laughs> so there's been an incredible opportunity that we see as being outsiders to this area um, to be able to connect with people, many, many people that are like us that just don't have those those ties in this in
0: this particular place. Mm. Now, you have both chosen to plant churches or be a part of church plants in a very challenging time with the pandemic. How have you been handling that?
2: When I started planting, uh, it was before the pandemic. So okay. <laughs> uh, we didn't... Maybe we the didn't question should be, it. would
0: you do it again if you decided to do it during the pandemic?
2: Hey, I think that, would you do it again? That's a whole nother question uh, because starting before and, and entering into it, I mean, you are you have to shift and you have to adapt and you have to be flexible, all of these things that uh, values that People are finding to be you know very valuable today, but would you do it again? I mean, absolutely, <laughs> because there is more need and more darkness, more confusion, more struggle now than uh, you know it last before it all started. So for sure.
0: How did you adapt, Joey, to what was happening in the middle of the church plant with the, the challenges that you faced and making adjustments for what's happened with, since the pandemic?
3: We had just finished the church planting assessment before the pandemic hit, and we were just taking it one step at a time, and the p- pandemic hit, and we were like, okay, what are we supposed to do now? And so I just asked my coach constantly, okay, what's the next step? And the pandemic served as a confirmation that we were doing exactly what we were supposed to be doing because it's a miracle that any of this happened. I mean, we had to raise support in the middle of a pandemic. God did that. Uh, we had to find a partnership for the residency. God had done that. We had to find housing and half of New York City is moving out of the city into New Jersey. God provided that. Yeah. Uh, so I think for us, it was just a matter of, okay, okay if God wants us to do this, we're going to go as far as he lets us. And he has just reconfirmed it every step, even with a pandemic. So I've, I've only said the pandemic has helped confirm that this was the right time to do it because it's, it's strengthened our faith for sure.
1: You know, back when I was church planning, one of the things that we tried to do constantly was record wins as often as we could, even on the worst weeks. And we even had a Gmail account. I remember it was, uh, so our church plan was called Restored Church and I think it was wins at gmail.com. And we would just shoot emails to that. And we just have this collection of wins through the years. So uh, Kevin and Joey, you've already been sharing some of the wins. But if you guys could just share some more stories of wins that you've seen God's hand at work through this process, I think that'd be really encouraging for
2: everyone listening. Dan, I love that idea with your email, collecting those stories, because we're all about collecting them and sharing them as often as we can. I'll just share quickly about one guy who we met at the very beginning of our church plant process. Um, His name is Vadim. Uh, His family is from Russia. He's one of the examples of those families that move here um, Mm. to this area and don't have roots, don't have connections for, you know, different reasons. So we're just hanging out, playing board games uh, with some friends. And uh, one of our friends, kind of took a liking to him and uh, she was reaching out to him and, and they started, I guess, pursuing each other and and taking and, or asking for a little bit of my input on their relationship. And we found out that uh, he wasn't a Christian. And so through that, we were able to share the gospel with him. And uh, it was awesome that when he became a follower of Jesus, which we absolutely, you know, obviously celebrate that, uh, he continues today to point back to reading uh, a verse in the Gospel of John, uh, when John the Baptist says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But he read that verse in the Russian translation, uh-huh. and, and it translates who took the sin of the world upon himself, and those two words, upon himself, just made everything click for him. And so it's awesome. This guy's been growing like a weed. Uh, He's just like, he's a genius in so many ways. And uh, just seeing God, just give him these gifts to use and serve in the church. And he's playing guitar and doing a bunch of tech stuff for us and connecting with people all over the place. I mean, he's just been amazing and such a great, great story.
1: Yesterday, I was just uh, talking with my friend Tyler, who just came to Christ a few months ago. And we were reading different sections of scripture for the first time. I mean, Genesis one through three, going through that with him for the first time, Ephesians five, he just got engaged and talking about God's design for marriage. Then we read the, uh, the great commission passage and we read it and he just sits back and he goes, wow, that is so cool. (laughs) (laughs) And like his reaction, I told him, I was like, bro, like this is exactly how we should respond to scripture. But for those of us, who have been in the faith for a long time, we lose that. And I think for a lot of Christians, especially for what you guys are doing in church planting, I wish I could just pixie dust everyone and give them these experiences, but they've got to want it. They've got to want to step out beyond their comfort zones and get with people who've never read the Bible, who've never encountered Jesus. And this stuff is so transformational, not just for the people we're called to reach, but for us too. And I think that's so cool that you guys are doing that. Joey, any more wins you want to celebrate through your journey so far?
3: Sure. When you talk about your friend being excited about reading the Great Commission, it reminded me of two guys that actually three uh that have approached me. We've encountered each other through different ways and um one of them's a brand new Christian and has never been disciple, didn't know what the word meant. He's like, "Joey, would you would you start meeting with me and teaching me this stuff. I I just asked, have you ever been discipled? He's like, what is that? I was (laughs) like, all right, we're in. Let's do it. Let's do it. And there's been another guy that has asked me to counsel him. Uh, He's going through a really uh, dark time. And now they've all asked separately, could we start a group? Like, is there more people that could do this? And I'm like, I mean, I guess we could start one ourselves. I wasn't planning on starting a small group this early, but... um, (laughs) When they're asking for it, I guess we we just got to do it. Uh, So we're going to start that in February. I'd say that's a huge win for us that we're celebrating. And how
1: are your wives doing too? Because I I know both your wives, Alicia and Kara, they're
3: amazing ladies. How how has this journey been for them? So for Kara, she has walked into this and we both did this. We just agreed we're going to do the next step. We're not thinking 20 years down the road. We're just doing the next step to obey God. And that's helped both of us, but that's helped her because she's, she's not a starter. Uh, she's really good at thinking through. She's wise. She's, she manages things well. Church planting was not on her radar before she met me. But she has enjoyed this process because even since the, the assessment process, she's been able to see her role more clearly and what God has called her to do and what he hasn't expected her to do, what he's gifted her in, and to allow her to run in that lane. Uh, we've had some, obviously, some really hard days. We moved in into a place that we didn't know anybody for 500 miles in the middle of a pandemic. So, relationally, there's, there's some difficulty there where we feel isolated, but we've been able to pray to God together, asking for a relationship, and we've seen him provide, not just for me or for our church plant but for our family and uh that's been a confirmation of God's faithfulness to her and strength yeah. her during this time.
0: Yeah. It sounds uh, sounds like I hear the word trust a lot in what you're saying, Joey, when you're saying God did that, God did that, God did that and then the whole thing oh, yeah. with relations is so important in church planting, isn't it?
3: Yeah, relationships have been super helpful for this and God's the only one who's brought them in. Like I have no idea
2: other there's no other way to explain it.
0: That's cool. Now, how about you, Kevin? How have you and your wife been handling it?
2: Yeah, I mean, we we enjoy the the journey and the and the challenge. And similar to what Joey was saying, you know, Alicia didn't expect to marry a pastor, let alone a church planting pastor. Uh-huh. Um, and that brings off on a whole new challenges. But she's grown to find her her place in it and her her role and uh, how God has uniquely gifted her to do exactly this and she's finding out in her physical therapy career like she's always up for the next thing and the new thing Uh, she's actually just in the process now of starting a a new physical therapy clinic like right near our house uh, with a new company it's exciting for her she's discovering who, who she's wired to be and and do the new things and connect with new people and and do all of those good things.
0: Now, both of you have talked about the importance of relationships, the importance of connecting, and one of the purposes of NEC is to connect. We want to connect new church planners. We want to connect people that have been doing a church for a long time to each other for resourcing, for information, uh, how has NEC been encouraging to both of you? Starting with you, Kevin.
2: Yeah, it's the relationships with people like Dan um, and the friendships that we have developed from a distance over the last five years. Uh, just the constant encouragement and emails and texts and and Dan and and as I've been getting to know the network, you know. Uh, connecting with a few other pastors one of them came down to visit us the other day at one of our preview services and that was super yeah. encouraging and I hope that we could be you know helpful to them in the future as well so like it was just a really neat time and then the the retreat that NEC provided that Alicia and I uh, went to uh, it was again a great place to connect and I got to meet Joey there so hey that was a it was a profitable time
1: and have some pretty intense board game battles <laughs> Through the, through the
3: years, too. Yes, yeah. that's right. <laughs> me and Dan, yes. <laughs>
0: so how about and you, Lee, Joey?
3: So one of the things that Kara and I prayed for was friendships and relationships. Because, again, we didn't know anyone here, uh, but we knew God was calling us here. And Ken Davis gave me Dan's contact. And I, I tell you, every conversation that Dan and I have had has been an encouragement and another motivation for Karen and I to keep taking the next step. And then, you know, through Dan, through NEC, we've gotten connected to probably our closest friends in New Jersey, Max and Priscilla, who are church planters in Newark. We have started doing ministry together, teaching together. They've been a life-giving relationship to both of us. And then being able to go to the retreat and meeting people like Kevin and his wife, the, the overholzers. We've spent time with them. We prayed for somebody who would be able to encourage Kara's heart, a lady Mm -hmm. who's been in ministry. She's gotten that through NEC. It's been, seriously, it's been a life-giving network for us and a sustaining one. I
1: think it is so cool to
3: see the kingdom operate the way
1: that God wants it to because the Paras, they've been serving so faithfully in New Jersey for so many years. And they were a part of the former ministry that NEC was birthed out of, the the legacy of that ministry. But man, man, I got to tell you, we, we had them on the podcast, too, because they were one of the first couples we knew that got COVID very, very early on. And just to see their faithfulness and now the fact that you guys are able to team up is just so amazing. And I think so often we just get isolated in ministry and we do it to ourselves because we're not isolated. We're connected in the Holy Spirit. We have the unity. We're just called to keep it. And hopefully we're able to do that as established churches and new church plants with what you guys are doing, man, it, it's exciting stuff. We are so, so excited for you guys. Thank you.
0: Well, how can we pray for the two of you as you begin and, and, and work through the, the church plant process?
2: Just continue to pray for our family, continue to pray for new connections and relationships in the community. Uh, we're in our grand opening season right now. So it's just a a big time of trying to get the word out about our church to as many people as possible, and at the same time, equipping and training our people that have already connected with us to keep serving God and keep inviting their friends and uh, seeing what God will continue to do through us. Mm. Joey?
3: Yeah, you can... um... Pray for us, in a couple of ways, one is to pray that we would, as a family, that my family would stay faithful in some of the rhythms that we've set up to keep our family healthy spiritually, relationally, emotionally. Um, those have been super important to us these past few months, and we want our ministry to be there for the long term. And we feel like these this is going to help us. Uh, so praying for that, and then also we're kind of in this stage where we're starting this new small group, and we're trying to figure out the location. We've kind of located Patterson and Newark as potential landing spots. And so just praying for direction on that, praying for fruitfulness in the small group, those would be two great ways to pray for us right now. And
1: for anyone listening that wants to get in contact with you guys and potentially support you guys financially too, what's your contact info? How can they uh,
2: see your stuff? You can go to connectuschurch.org to connect with me and connect us church I'll send an email or info connect us org. or i'll say to uh one of the churches in the nec branch life church did a big financial support gift to us which was incredible and we're super thankful for them and the friendship yeah. and the partnership there so absolutely uh it's a it makes a huge difference uh any any financial support um we're just so grateful yeah you can
3: You can get a hold of me by just sending me an email at joey at restoreworship.org. I'm happy to talk anytime and share more about what God's doing. Or you can look at our page. I'm sent out by a group called Reliant. Uh, So you could just search reliant.org slash joey.write and you'll find a little bit, little story on us. Uh, But yeah, we're happy to talk
0: anytime. Well, you've been listening to Dents in the Darkness, the monthly podcast of the Northeast Collaborative, and I think that you've seen from our conversation today the importance of collaborating together, the importance of what we can do as we work together together for the body of Christ to lead and launch healthy churches in Northeast America. All the contact information that we talked about in the show today will be available in the show notes, and we hope that you will take advantage of it and share this podcast with someone that you think might be helped from dense in the Darkness.